Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mastering Risk Management Podcast. I'm Anthony Wilson, and by the time this hits your ears, it will be 2023. So, Happy New Year and all the best, all that sort of stuff to all the listeners for hopefully a happy and productive 2023. Just thought I would give you a little bit of an oversight about something that's going to be different in 2023 with the Mastering Risk Management podcast series. So with me today is one of ABM's partners, and that's Brett Palmer. Welcome, Brett. Thank you, Anthony. And we are going to, I guess, take a little bit of creative license, and we're going to intersperse the risk management interviews that we have on the Mastering Risk Management podcast, and we're going to mix those up with some discussions between Brett and myself or others as, as appropriate on some subjects that would that we believe will be of much interest to chief risk officers, heads of risk, or even people just generally interested in doing a good job of risk management. So we thought we would we would get into some sort of cadence where you'll you'll hear an interview and a couple of weeks later you'll hear one of our discussions uh, on on a, a topic of the day for risk management. So so Brett what sort of things might the listeners hear when you and I have a, a bit of a chat? Thanks, Anthony. We're pretty spoilt for, uh, for what we can talk about in this area of risk management. I'd have to say that one of the biggest challenges that we face as a profession is that we create a lot of noise on issues that impact perception of risk management and the value that risk management can bring. So I thought it was a good opportunity to actually put some of those issues out there and have a chat about those as well. There's a lot of other things, for example, we want to talk about some of the basics. Let's talk about risk appetite and the value that brings and how you do it, how not to do it, maybe. Let's talk about the opportunities and threats so we ensure that everybody understands that it's not just about the negatives, it's mm. about the positives of risk management, yep. the criticality of controls, the relationship between risk and insurance. Let's talk about project risk management. Mm. It's an area that is significantly underdone yeah. by yep. most organisations and needs to be done a lot better. Let's talk about the budgeting process around the controls and risk treatment plans. Let's talk mm. about the basics. Yep. So really what we'd like to do is we'd like to have a chat about what we think is important, but perhaps more important is that we actually hear what your listeners are after. So yeah. if we can get some feedback from people, giving us some subjects that they'd like us to talk about, then let's bring those into the discussion. Yeah, that's a really good point, Brett. So listeners, there you have it. Have a bit of a think about the sort of things that have you scratching your head, the sort of things that you've you've sort of felt like you've butted your head up against a wall and not made any progress on. Let us know what they are and, you know, we, we can opine on those and, and give some thought to how you might tackle some of those sorts of things. But, you know, there's... 10 or 12 or whatever number of subjects we've got there, we'd love to hear what you think about as well. Some really good subjects in there too. One of them that struck me too, Brett, was the competency. You know, how do you get capable at doing risk management? How do you develop the competency to be able to get your program to where you want it to be? And as we know, our other partner, Tony Anderson, expert in the whole competency and capability area, and that'll be a subject where we can expand on how organisations can approach that as a challenge to get their risk management maturity where they want it to be. I think it's a really good comment, Anthony, because it's fairly obvious when you listen to the discussion in the market, in the, in the, in the workplace around risk management maturity, how often do you ever hear the word competency actually mm. you know, overlaid into that discussion? Mm. Well, I certainly don't hear mm. it very often. Now, yeah. you know, a, a robust approach to competency should be a critical aspect of delivering that level of risk management effectiveness and maturity that you're aiming for. Yeah, and and 
that shouldn't sound like a scary thing for organisations because, you know, when we do talk about this subject in a bit more detail, 90% or more of the organisation just needs awareness about risk management. You know, there'll be a very small portion that needs to be masters of risk management at the other end. So, you know, that'll be a subject that I think listeners will find fascinating in the practical application of increasing risk management competency and capability in organisations. So that is an example of one of the things we'll talk about. I think it's a really good reference. We, we have something that we can bring into the listeners as something that perhaps they haven't seen before, which is called a CMAP, a competency map for mm. risk management. Mm. And that does actually identify the competencies required at the varying levels of risk management yep. uh, for an organisation. So yep. obviously what we need at that awareness level is much lower than we need at that expert level. Absolutely. And this actually provides a framework and a structure around how we do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another good one, Brett, when we get to it will be the director's obligations for risk management. So, you know, whilst a lot of what we'll refer to will be Australian-based, the principles and approach should probably be pretty consistent around the globe. And we do have listeners all around the world, so they should be able to take some really positive from that conversation. And I guess one thing that strikes me, and we see it all the time in, you know, some of the director magazines and some of those sort of things, is that confusion between risk and opportunity, you know, and the words are used separately and in the wrong context quite frequently by directors and very senior directors too. I saw a quote in in one of the magazines that said, you know, I'm sick of doing all this risk management stuff. I want to get on with strategy, you know, not realising that risk is the threats and the opportunities to the business. So I think you just hit the nail on the head. It's not risk and opportunities. It's risk management, which is threats threats and and opportunities. opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll have that conversation as well and talk about the maybe the questions directors should be asking of their management teams when it comes to risk management and, you know, the things they should be looking for, the reports they should be receiving, the sort of things they should look at in terms of control effectiveness and the actions being taken, you know, how frequently risks are being rated. Are they seeing incidents and particularly serious incidents and are they seeing incident trends so we'll try and give some guidance on what should be looking for as well as we go into these conversations it's fertile ground i think we all know that in the australian context well, we had the Hain Royal Commission into Financial Services a few years yeah. ago. Yeah. You know, the, the, the couple of key questions that he raised were, were things like, not can we, but should we? Mm. A very mm. good question, I think, particularly relevant to, to what we've subsequently seen with some of the financial services uh, banking Absolutely. side of the, the market selling off their insurance businesses and, and perhaps reverting back to what was their original Business. strengths. Yeah. yeah. But also more recently, we've seen some of the issues relating to a couple of our casinos in Australia. And, you know, that just raises so many questions about risk management competency, about yep. whether the, the directors have the requisite skills to be on a board for that type of business or, yep. you know, whether they're there for other reasons, what have they done to close the gaps? Yeah. So many issues that are coming out of that that need to be explored. Yeah. And and it just re- has reinforced this whole financial risk versus operational risk discussion. You know, it's a, you know, I hate them using the words non-financial, but, you know, there, there is there is a very blind, big blind spot in some organisations where, you know, they've covered financial risks seven ways from Sunday. You know, they've got everything ticked off and everything covered. But when it comes to operational risks, you know, there's, there's some really big gaps in the program. So we'll explore some of that as well. Project risk is always an interesting one, Brett, and you mentioned it in the intro. Where do you see the opportunities for organisations there? 
Well, where do I see the opportunity for project risk? Well, my experience is that project risk management is often neither understood nor applied. Mm. I have quite a lot of experience at working with with organisations that are focused on project delivery, critical infrastructure project delivery. And my view was that uh, the disciplines around risk management greatly enhanced the capability of the organisation in delivering those projects successfully. Mm. So I think whilst there's a level of, of skill that's, that's provided in the training and development of skills around project managers, I'm not necessarily of the belief that it is applied, mm. applied consistently. Mm. If you think about how we actually set up risk management frameworks, we shouldn't just be adopting one set of metrics and saying, well, that applies to everything. Yeah. Because the metrics that you apply to a project are likely to be very, very different to what you need to apply to a, to a threat or yeah. to an opportunity. Yeah. So you, know, you need to develop a project risk management framework and capability that, that fits the needs of your organisation so that you can in- increase the probability of successfully delivering your projects. Yeah, absolutely. And and some organisations, I think, treat projects as a completely separate activity going off, going on in the in the sides of the company. Whereas you know the project risk management disciplines will bring a whole hell of a lot more reliability to project delivery, credibility in terms of delivering what was intended in the first place, and you know financially, hopefully delivering them on budget or better. So That's just right. having yeah. those risk disciplines in place can make uh, a whole hell of a lot of. The difference. other thing we should just mention briefly on projects is that. Organisations need to understand that there's a significant difference between the risk of a project mm. and the risks within a project. Yeah. It's something that isn't particularly well understood and very yeah. rarely practised. Yeah. The other thing about project risk management and perhaps one of the other opportunities to add significant value is around the governance of projects. Mm. I've seen so many times where the information that's put up relating to the risks of a project is just inadequate. Mm. And in some cases, the information that's put up is adequate but the questions are not subsequently raised to to yeah. understand what yeah. the information is actually telling them. So yeah. there's a huge opportunity for improvement. Yeah, yeah, and I think hopefully the the idea of of these discussions will be to help people understand almost you know the connectedness of risk management through the organization it's not a standalone activity and if your organization is treating it as a standalone activity then you're on the wrong track to start with but you know from your lists of identified risks you'll come up with controls right they're your day-to-day operating practices and processes to get stuff done and they will have varying levels of effectiveness If those controls aren't where they should be, or if you need to introduce new controls, that means you will have some actions and someone will have to do those actions, perform those actions, and they will have to be done by a due date. So, you know, you'll have a you'll have a, a risk, you'll have some controls, you'll have some actions to do that. And then you'll have another really valuable tool that I don't think a lot of organisations leverage, and that's incident monitoring and reporting. So if you have an incident it means one of your controls has failed or several of your controls have failed. So it's a great opportunity to say, right, let's have a look at this incident, let's, in, let's investigate it and let's check out which controls failed. From there, we'll develop some more actions to improve the control or introduce a new control. Closing the loop, you then go back to the risk and say, right, was the rating right in the first place? Because we did a risk assessment and we gave it this rating, but we've had X amount of incidents happen and that means our controls aren't working. So it's one virtuous loop of activity. It's not a standalone activity. So if you think delivering a risk register with all pretty greens, ambers and reds on it is the job, 
then you're not even halfway there. So, you know, we need to connect all of that together. And we'll do that in these discussions. Really good point you raised there. When a risk actually arises, i.e. when there's an incident, it is the only time you ever really get to to see how good you are Mm. at analysing and rating the risks. Mm. So you've got to make the most of that opportunity to improve. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not looking at the incident and saying, is this outside our appetite? Well, an incident's not a risk anymore. It's happened, right? So it's just trying to help people get their heads around some of these concepts. I mean, sometimes risk management and the risk profession can be accused of some funny words and some funny glossary ideas and that sort of stuff, but we'll try and keep this in plain English and explain how things should work practically. Well, just make a quick comment on that mm. point that you've just raised. I, I mean, I started off by talking about how the, the profession, the risk management profession, creates a lot of noise for itself. Mm. There's a lot of, you see a lot of stuff out there where people are talking about heat maps. Yes, we do. No, we don't. Mm. Yes, you should. No, you shouldn't. Yeah. Quantitative versus qualitative a risk. You know, mm. some people will say that qualitative waste of time everything has to be quantitative you know and there's risk registers you even get these arguments around whether you should or shouldn't have risk registers Mm. for heaven's sake what we need to do is we just need to focus on the fact that there are different needs for different organizations yeah and what works best for one organization may not work best for the other there's no absolutely definitively right or wrong yeah it's what's going to work for the organization based upon its culture its experience its maturity and various other factors of the organization absolutely and and i think you know our clients see that in our approach we take a bespoke approach to each client we don't do a cookie cutter and while some of the fundamentals are common each solution for each client is is bespoke for that client because you have to address that organization's needs Absolutely. and and the risks have to tie to the organization's objectives right <laughs> otherwise what are you doing it for it sounds obvious yeah it does sound obvious but it's surprising how many times we go to organizations and have these conversations and you know the penny hasn't yet dropped about that link between objectives and, and risk management. So I, I think, well, I hope, and you listeners will be the judge, that these little chats that we'll have, and we'll keep them to sort of fairly short and sweet type discussions, but we hope that they'll add some real good context for you in risk management, where you're at, help you to get to where you want to be, help you think about the things you could be doing a little differently to improve your risk program. Sounds good. All right. Well, listen, thank you, everybody, for tuning in yet again. As I said, you'll, you'll hear from us you know, around that once a month cycle. We'll, we'll talk about a new subject each month. Don't forget to send in your ideas, though. If you've got a, a subject, a thought, a, you know, something that's been puzzlingly, puzzling you for a little while, then by all means, drop us a note. You'll find us at www abmrisk.com.au Yeah, send us a note, get in touch via the website and let us know what you think we should be discussing and we'd really appreciate that information. So Brett, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks Anthony, it's been good to chat. Alright, so listeners, thank you very much. This has been Mastering Risk Management, the podcast. I'm Anthony Wilson and we will talk again soon. Cheers. Cheers.